Namaste, and welcome back. My name is Aaron Abke, and in today's episode of Spiritual Intelligence, we're going to be setting another foundational piece of this series in place, which are the science of the five brainwave states. And this will be an integral part of this series going forward, as well as an important piece of the puzzle to understanding the three states of mastery. The SQ chart itself, as well as many spiritual practices we're going to be diving into later in the series. So understanding our brain waves and what they can tell us about our spiritual development and unlocking the power of biofeedback is not only incredibly interesting, but incredibly helpful towards our spiritual growth. As we saw in the previous episode, when it comes to self-actualization and unlocking our full potential, the vast majority of people never even make it above the navel. And why is this? I believe it's because the vast majority of people aren't even aware that there is such untapped potential within themselves. And so we might ask, is there a way for us to have measurable proof or data about our level of self-actualization or spiritual intelligence? And the answer is yes, and it lies within our brain waves. So I'd like to invite you to join me in this episode of Spiritual Intelligence as we explore the science of the five human brain waves. Now, if you don't have any knowledge about brain waves yet, there's no need to sweat it. I'm going to be explaining each of the five brainwave states in detail in this episode and showing you where each of the brainwaves correlate to the SQ chart. And then after that, I'm going to be showing you how you can use biofeedback and brainwave monitoring to measure and observe where your SQ range might be based upon your brainwave data. In addition to how you can use this tool to greatly enhance your meditation practice. So let's begin by looking at what science can tell us about our brain waves. Our brain waves are typically classified into five categories of beta, alpha, theta, delta, and gamma. And they're measured in a variety of different ways, but most commonly with something called an electroencephalogram or an EEG device. And we measure the brain waves in two basic ways, in frequency, called hertz, and in amplitude, called band power. The brain is an amazing organism that comprises only 2% of our body weight, but uses over 20% of our oxygen and calories. So learning how to tap into the power and potential of this amazing organism is obviously one of the keys to mastery. So let's begin by breaking down the five human brainwave states. The first brainwave state is beta. Beta waves are produced by the conscious mind through thinking, processing, and analyzing information. They are very fast brainwaves, ranging from 13 to 30 hertz. These are the brainwaves that you use to engage with sensory information and they are where we access the lowest levels of consciousness on the Hawkins scale, like anxiety, fear, and anger. Beta is actually classified into two categories, beta 1 from 13 to 20 hertz, and beta 2 from 21 to 30 hertz. As you've probably already guessed, 
This is the primary brainwave state that the vast majority of humans live in, without the support of the lower brainwaves like alpha or theta. So you can likely already guess where it correlates on the SQ chart. The next brainwave state is alpha, ranging from 8 to 12 hertz. We produce alpha brainwaves when we are relaxed and detached from sensory information. If you've ever been daydreaming and someone snaps to get your attention, you are likely just producing a high amplitude of alpha waves. Alpha waves help us to sensualize something as well. For example, if I say to imagine biting into a ripe lemon right now, and your tongue begins to salivate as you imagine doing so, that was the result of your alpha waves which allowed you to experience that information. Alpha is also one of the most important barometers for meditation, as the classical meditation brainwave readout is when alpha waves rise above beta waves. Alpha is also broken into two categories, alpha 1 from 8 to 10 hertz and alpha 2 from 10 to 12 hertz. The most important aspect of alpha waves though are that they serve as the bridge between the conscious and the subconscious mind, but more on that to come later. To give you an example of the power of alpha waves, Albert Einstein, who is unquestionably one of the greatest creative geniuses in recent centuries, lived in a semi-permanent alpha state because electroencephalograph studies of Albert's brainwaves showed that unlike most people, Einstein could maintain continuous high amplitude alpha waves while solving complex mathematical equations in his head, much like someone in a deep state of meditation. So this indicates that he was solving these equations from a higher plane of awareness than just the intellect alone. This high amplitude alpha state is a hallmark indication of genius. Because contrary to popular opinion, genius is not just the product of a high-functioning intellect alone, but a high-functioning intellect that can plug itself into the field of consciousness and receive information at a higher state of energy. And so this is why awakening the kundalini life energy at the base of the spine and moving it upwards towards the third eye is the way to begin activating this inner genius. And your brain waves will definitely reflect it, just as Albert Einstein's did. So with that being said, let's continue with the brainwave states. The next brainwave state is theta, which ranges between four to seven hertz. And these waves are produced solely by the subconscious mind. They are present during REM sleep and any peak spiritual experience. They are usually correlated with the hypnagogic state. Theta holds all of the keys to our traumas, imbalances, and blockages, which are locked away in the subconscious mind. And it is only alpha waves that can carry that information across the veil between the conscious and the subconscious, and up to our beta brain waves. Beta and theta waves are separated by the veil and have no ability to communicate with one another without alpha waves. But as we will soon see, in the I am state of mind-heart coherence, we are firing all of our brain waves in a very even amplitude, showing a mind which is in full harmony and communication with itself. So because theta allows us to glimpse transcendent reality 
as well as our subconscious mind. It is the doorway into mystical states of consciousness and is a very important brainwave to cultivate for the state of mastery. The next brainwave state is delta, which is the slowest frequency of all the five brainwaves and represents the deep sleep state and the collective unconscious. Because delta waves are very slow, between 0.5 and 3 Hz, they can reach out very far around our energy field and act as a kind of radar or unconscious scanning device. For example, when you suddenly feel an intuitive hit or impulse that there might be a threat or a danger in your environment, you can thank your delta waves for that information. Delta also provides our ability to empathize with others access inner knowing, and gives us greater psychic awareness. And so because of this, delta waves are correlated to awareness of the void. In deep meditation, delta waves can carry us beyond the manifest realm and into the unmanifest realm of the void. And because of this, delta is a very important brainwave to cultivate in order to experience the different states of samadhi. Now, the final brainwave state is a very unique one, which begins where beta waves leave off at 31 Hz and go as high as 100 Hz. And these brainwaves were most recently discovered in 1988, when scientists took EEG devices into the monasteries of Buddhist monks to measure their brainwaves while they were in meditation. And to the shock of these scientists, they discovered that these monks were producing frequencies much higher than they thought were possible for the human brain, but while in a completely relaxed meditative state. And not only this, but they also discovered that the characteristics of these brain waves were also very different than those of beta waves. We know that high beta and a relaxed, blissful body are completely incompatible because high beta, or beta 2, indicates that there's a lot of stress and anxiety within the mind. And so when these scientists saw that these monks were producing extremely high frequencies while in a relaxed meditative state, they knew that they had discovered a fifth brainwave state, which they called gamma. Gamma is the pearl of the five brainwaves because it is literally only produced in high amplitudes when one is achieving higher states of consciousness. The conscious mind or intellect is not capable of producing gamma waves. And this is why gamma is also called the channeling state amongst yogis and spiritual adepts, as it allows one to produce the frequency and amplitude necessary to communicate with higher knowledge or higher density beings. Science has also determined that gamma waves are actually produced by the thalamus, whereas beta waves are produced by the frontal lobes. And because of this, gamma waves are actually omnidirectional, unlike the other four waves which are produced at one end of the brain and bounce back and forth from front to back. Gamma waves radiate outwards in concentric circles at very high amplitudes and frequencies. And this is called in brainwave science a sweeping wave or a unifying wave. These waves are flooding the brain with energy, allowing the brain to access far more information than the conscious mind is capable of. 
such as channeling, mystical states of consciousness, and samadhi. So if you can master the ability to produce gamma waves, studies show that you can learn and remember information between 5 and 10 times faster than beta waves can. So now that you have a good idea for what each brainwave state is, let's take a look at how the brainwaves map onto the SQ chart, as well as what they have to tell us about our level of spiritual intelligence. As you can see, beta 2 correlates to the root chakra, or the level of insanity, and beta 1 correlates to the sacral, or the level of sanity. So what this means is that if someone's producing high beta waves during their waking state hours, then their SQ range is likely between 1 and 50. And if someone's brain waves are predominantly normal beta, this indicates that their SQ range is likely between 51 and 75. And likewise, alpha 2 correlates to the solar plexus, or the state of empowerment, and alpha 1 correlates to the heart chakra, or the level of awakening. And so since Albert Einstein was only living in a semi-permanent alpha state, this would imply that his SQ level was likely between 76 and 100, which is also where David Hawkins calibrated Albert Einstein's level of consciousness on the Hawkins scale at 499, or just before the level of love at the heart chakra. So you can see from this version of the SQ chart that as we raise our SQ level, our predominant brain waves begin to slow down. And this is what gives us access to deeper layers of reality and higher states of consciousness. So when someone reaches the awakening state SQ level, you could put an EEG machine on them during their waking hours, and their brainwave data would show that they are producing higher amplitudes of alpha waves than beta waves. So when someone is always producing higher amplitudes of alpha waves than beta waves, this indicates that their SQ range is between 101 and 125. But when someone's SQ reaches 126 to 150, then we would actually see a higher amplitude of theta waves in addition to high amplitudes of alpha waves. And at the level of mastery, there would also be an addition of high amplitudes of delta. And finally, in the singularity state, one is producing high amplitudes of gamma, which are similar to the levels the Tibetan monks were producing in meditation. And scientists actually measured the brain waves of one of the meditation masters at this temple, and they found that he was always producing moderate levels of gamma even in his waking state. So this is a way that the brain waves can be broken down. Beta 1, beta 2, and alpha 2 are produced by the conscious mind. Alpha 2, theta, and delta are produced by the subconscious mind, and gamma waves are produced by the thalamus in superconsciousness. Now, what's really fascinating is that when scientists measure the brain waves of children, they find that children are born in a high amplitude delta state, meaning that between zero and two years old, a child is essentially looking at life from within the void. There's absolutely nobody there yet. And then from three to six years old, a child's brain is producing high amplitude theta waves, experiencing life purely from a sense of imagination. And then from seven to 11 years old, a child's brain waves are in a high amplitude of alpha, which means that up until seven years old, a child is entirely in a subconscious state of mind. 
just like a sponge absorbing all of the information without analyzing any of it consciously. And so at 12 years old and above, unless somebody discovers meditation, beta waves become the predominant brain waves for the rest of their adult life. But as we just saw on the brainwave SQ chart, as we begin to expand our consciousness and raise our spiritual intelligence, we begin to move backwards again and our brain waves become increasingly slower. And this gives scientific validity to the famous teaching of Christ, who said, I tell you the truth, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become again as a little child. Now, we're going to be talking a lot more about the brain waves in the coming episodes throughout this series. But before we go, I wanted to quickly touch on the power of brainwave monitoring and biofeedback devices. And I'll start by saying that this is not necessary by any means. So if you don't feel called to this, that's perfectly fine. But if you'd like to take your meditation practice to the next level, as well as track and monitor your progress and gauge your own SQ level more accurately, you can use many incredible biotechnology devices which are now available to use in the comfort of your own home. The biofeedback device that I personally use is called the Muse 2, which is an EEG headset that you can wear during meditation. And I use this alongside of a third-party app called the Mind Monitor, which can track and record your brain waves in real time. And I record a lot of my meditation sessions using this combination. There's a variety of ways that you can gauge your SQ level using a biofeedback device such as this one. And the first would be to just do a short five minute brainwave test by wearing your device, sitting comfortably, and just glancing around the room with eyes open for about five minutes or outside of a window if you prefer. And this will give you a good gauge of your waking brainwave state, which you can then compare to the SQ brainwave chart that we just went over. So I'll give you an example of how to decipher your brainwave data using a device like this. This is a brainwave test that I did recently. And on this chart, delta waves are pictured in red, theta waves pictured in purple, alpha in blue, beta in green, and gamma in orange. And the first thing to look at with a graph like this is the relationship between alpha and beta waves. Because as we said earlier, a classic meditation brainwave readout will show alpha waves above beta waves. Now, theta waves are produced mostly when someone goes inwards to have a spiritual experience or connect with the divine. Now, I'm not entirely sure if the delta waves are totally accurate on the Muse 2 headset. So before you take any results to the bank, you would want to confirm these on a real EEG device. But if you are in fact producing high amounts of delta in the waking state, then it means that you are tapped into the collective field of consciousness and operating with psychic awareness. Another important thing to look at is whether or not your beta waves are spiking up and down a lot during the waking state, because this would mean that your conscious mind has a lot of chatter. So you would want to work over time towards seeing less and less movement in your beta waves. However, the brainwave test is not going to tell you everything you want to know about your SQ level. So in order to gauge your ability to create states of consciousness and access brainwave states, 
you'll want to also drop into a deep meditation session and compare the data with your brainwave test. So here's a chart of a 20-minute meditation that I did using the simply sitting Zen technique that we talked about in our second episode. And the first thing you should notice is that the gap between beta and alpha is much wider, which is exactly what you would want to see in a meditation. This indicates a deep level of inner stillness. But because I'm not doing any visualization or contemplation, my theta waves also drop very low, which is also what you would want to see in a simply sitting style of meditation. And another thing you'll notice here is that my delta waves are spiking and dipping all throughout the meditation. And this is indicating that I'm reaching a void state of awareness, but not able to stabilize or maintain that state. And so data like this would confirm what my SQ test results say as well, that I'm definitely not in the third eye range of SQ yet. One would be able to sustain high and consistent amplitudes of delta. So that's something that I'll be monitoring and working towards over time. And lastly, these are a few examples of some Kriya Yoga breathwork sessions where the goal is to create as much energy in the mind as possible in order to experience bliss and higher states of consciousness. So as I slowly charge my spine and brain with energy, you can see these huge spikes of gamma. So this is something you would want to see during a breathwork session. Lots and lots of coherence and harmony between all the brain waves at once. But in a samadhi state, these spikes would remain constant and would not dip back down. So working towards maintaining these high levels of energy and gamma waves is something else I'll be working on going forwards. Now, although this may have felt like a lot of new information to some of you, this was really just a cursory overview of the brain waves. There is so much more that we're going to be learning and exploring through the brain waves throughout this series as they relate to the different states of spiritual intelligence. And in the coming episodes, we're going to start getting into the three states of mastery and devoting an entire episode to each one of these states to help you understand them better. As we've covered in our previous episodes, each one of the three states of mastery becomes solidified at a different SQ level. The I am state at the throat chakra level, the flow state at the third eye level, and the channeling state at the crown level. But there is a state that correlates to the heart chakra level as well. It's not a state of mastery, but it is the precursor to the states of mastery. And that is the state of the mystic. And so we're going to talk about how awareness begins to glimpse the ineffable realms of reality behind the material world, how the mystical state is accessed, and how it sets the table for entry into the states of mastery. So I want to thank you for watching this episode of Spiritual Intelligence on the Brainwaves. My name is Aaron Abke, and I'll see you in our next episode.